funny thing about doing interviews that I've found mm-hmm. is that as like the interviewer slash engineer, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna like look away Two from hats. you a of lot. Course. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Understand. <laughs> yeah, I have a podcast with my fiance, and I'm the I'm the engineer, so we'll have like oh perfect conversation where I'm like uh huh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it feels like I, I, like um uh, do you know the movie that thing you do yeah okay they're like doing the radio show <laughs> yeah and, uh, and the guys like uh huh yep uh huh right, okay. and they're like <laughs> I, so I do feel like that sometimes when I'm interviewing yeah <laughs> well I'm not offended. I'm totally okay. prepared for this. Cool. What is what's your podcast? It's called the Zero Suits Podcast Situation, and we have changed the format so many times <laughs> that at this like, point. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like part of the course for the podcast. Is it? it. Oh, I think when you're like figuring it out, because I feel like a lot of the podcasts that I love podcasts yeah. so much, but I feel like a lot of the podcasts that make it to you, yeah, have gone through enough like. Uh, trial and error you know that various like, iterations yeah yeah that they, yeah. the one that hits is the one that makes it to us and it's like uh, you know people like their friends and the community yeah. has listened to and they sort of weathered those those, those yeah. challenging early days which yeah. is where everyone is with, with me yeah, my podcast totally. right now what um <laughs> what is the current format well, right now we just kind of talk about like he's a he's a writer mm-hmm. and I'm a musician. So we talk about different challenges that we face in our respective creative endeavors and also how it affects our relationship and conversations that we kind of have outside of the podcast that we think might be interesting for folks to listen in on. So like something like what kinds of shows I decide to do or what like what goes what's the calculus behind sure, yeah. when I do a tour, why I do a tour, mm-hmm. or for him, like the projects he's working on, how he worked started working with an agent, or like why he kind of went to get his MFA, like that type of sure. stuff. Um, Is he a uh, fiction writer? Yeah. Oh yeah. cool. He yeah. writes uh, YA fiction. Oh cool. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I guess I don't hear of that mm-hmm. often, especially like yeah. some of the writers that I might know that mm-hmm. sort of come into my orbit a little bit. Yeah. It tends to be either fiction or like maybe journalism or like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He definitely fell into it. Like, I don't even know if there's programs that you can go into to like focus on YA yeah, fiction, yeah. but, and he, he, it wasn't his focus, but it sort of fell into his lap. He wrote um, an article and then some folks from Penguin were like, oh, you're a great writer. You want to write some kids books? Oh, and that's he was awesome. Like, uh, sure. I've never done this before. Oh, cool. Yeah. I feel like I should introduce you. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. That's like, that's another thing I'm not super great at. But yeah. um, I'm talking with Anango yeah. Lumumba Kasango. Perfect. Yeah. That was so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I um. I mean, I love your name. And, Thank and you. Then, but you perform as Samus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were joking yesterday that the first boy that I had a crush on, right, right, right. it was just because it was Albert Lee and he spelled my name correctly on the board. And I was like, oh my God, we're getting married. <laughs> I had it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. You're like, Albert, you're the one for uh, He me. totally was at that uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> what I needed at that moment. <laughs> yep, totally. You said that was like fourth grade? That was third grade. Third grade, okay. Yeah. Where, did you, where did you grow up? Like, uh, I grew up in a town called Ithaca. New York and upstate, which actually I'm never sure how if I'm using that term right because upstate, uh, like upstate New York, sure. Because like for folks in New York City, upstate New York is everything in the yes, state of New York. As you get out of the city, it's upstate, <laughs> right? But then I've used that and like really offended somebody who lives in like 
Upper Eastern New York. Yeah. So I, I guess Western slash Centralish New York. Okay. And I, I yeah. grew up just south of Albany. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. kind of how I always I always thought of it as right. upstate as being like where I was. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I feel like it was like car commercials and stuff. It'd be like <laughs> upstate Ford dealer. And well, like, that's the oh, thing. Yeah. You hear? I heard, just heard upstate, so I just like co-opted the language. Sure, totally. But now I'm starting to question everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you living in New York now? No, now I live in Philly. Oh, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I've been there since uh, the summer of 2017. All right. Yeah. So you grew up in Ithaca. What was Ithaca, in Ithaca like? Ithaca's, uh, the way that I've heard it described best is like a kind of crunchy town. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I kind of get similar vibes, like driving around here. For Burlington, and, yeah. Yeah, being in this area, it's uh, pretty green. And there's some great schools there. There's Cornell and there's Ithaca College. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot of, there's like a big international population, folks who are coming in for the schools. Oh, and cool, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was cool growing up there. It was kind of tough. Like, we were like the one of the only, like, African families yeah, yeah. there. And, yeah. and the black I mean, population is pretty small. I vibe here, too. You know, there's yeah. definitely... I mean, Vermont is sort of, that's like our rep is that it's such yeah. a, it's like a very white state. Yeah, Vermont. yeah, um, for sure. But how was that as a, yeah. as a kid being? It was weird. I mean, I think that it enabled me like later in life to be very observant because I felt perpetually like an outsider. And when I say that, it's not, it's it wasn't like I was always in a state of crisis. Sure. It just was more that I was always like, oh, I'm, there's like, different things about my life and my experience than these other folks like how am I going to navigate that and so I was I was pretty shy as a kid I didn't I was really in my head and was creating a lot of stuff and I have two brothers Mm -hmm. and so we kind of built a universe together because it was like us again it's not like us against the world but Sure. Us observing things from our little planet I think I mean my like suburban experience was not, I mean, I think that people feel like outs, you know, you yeah. you can you can sort of feel like an outsider whenever. Right, right. But I think when you're in that situation, I think maybe people are f- coming around to the idea that like your lens was just like mm-hmm. different than yeah. the rest of your community. Absolutely. Whether whether you were always like being like cast out, or right, not, you right. Know, it's just it's like different. sort of overtly. It just was yeah. like the nature of the experience. Yeah. Um. But it, I did. I feel like I had a a really happy childhood and my older brother was really instrumental in that because he encouraged me to just not have boundaries around what I like to do and what I like to listen to so growing up there it was like we listened to a lot of Nirvana and like Radiohead and like one of my first albums that I ever bought was a cassette by um, Daft Punk and and, you know so it was like (laughs) I just loved it yeah it's so funny the first the first album that I ever bought was a cassette yeah of the Wayne's World soundtrack oh wow (laughs) that's so so funny yeah which is so funny to like to think of like what at like 10 or something right what are you thinking about yeah and I think it like had zero to for the Wayne's World thing it was like had zero to do with the music (laughs) it was just like hey I thought this movie was funny yeah so I I want to connect to it that's cool did you you, um was your brother sort of the guide for for like stuff that to check out and what was cool absolutely and that's one one of my favorite qualities about him kind of growing up was that he like I always joke that 
when I came around, my older brother was like, oh, finally, I've got a friend. Yeah. And like when my younger brother came around, I was pissed because I was a brat. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I'm the youngest. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, totally. He was really kind of giving of everything. And I think maybe part of that as I'm, I'm older and reflecting on it is that he was experiencing the world as kind of, you know, feeling alien and not knowing what was going on. And so here's this little creature that cool. he can like yeah. impart kind of things that he's thinking about onto. And so, relate to. Right. And yeah. relate to. Yeah, and yeah. so he would find cool stuff or um, he would come home with like Nintendo games that he traded with friends and we yeah. all would play them. And he always made sure to, to just like include me in the experience. And I'm really grateful for that because it, it encouraged me later to just do like do my own thing. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's, your like absorption of pop culture pop culture especially of like that era yeah is something that like jumps out of your oh, wow. music you know like that's so uh, interesting I, just like the like the holiday like yeah. sort of like you know like the kind of use of that yeah that you've done like what's your relationship to like current pop culture is yeah. it like that's how, a good how question. does that like where is it now sort of i feel kind of detached because it's yeah I have this sort of like bubble in my mind of a very specific era that takes up like a whole bunch of space sure. and there just isn't that much room for anything else <laughs> yeah, so it comes like. out so much in my music yeah. like that what you were saying the, the folks who relate the most to me it's like a very specific time frame and people who were watching the certain shows and listening yeah, to the same bands totally. and so now it's like you know I'm on Twitter I'm on Instagram and I see the things that are cool I see the artists that are coming up and and it's all neat but i don't i don't sort of feel compelled to get really super engaged as far as pop culture sure. i think well i think and yeah. i almost it's funny when i said pop culture i like in my mind i had like kind of like what would be maybe our version of pop culture where yeah. like like the pitchfork kind of right, that's like right. it's kind of like the higher not necessarily like the like keeping up with the kardashians okay. pop culture you know yeah, but like yeah. yeah that sort of it's interesting that there's so many segments yeah to what it is you know it's not just like nbc abc no. cbs and like <laughs> you either watch like tgif right. or like whatever movies it's on. everything yeah. everywhere yeah. all yeah. the time and everybody i mean i would say that i don't say i'm very on top of but i'm really invested in kind of indie music spaces sure. so like art, and i don't even know what the term indie means but like right I, you know I think it's okay i think it's <laughs> i think it's so funny as a booker i see so many submissions that oh i'm sure that like yeah. have the word indie tagged on Plugged it in there. yeah yeah and it's <laughs> And I like totally understand where they're coming from. Like, yeah. But I do, th I think that it's a fine term yeah. as like kind of a qualifier or yeah, something yeah. of where you, where your music lands. You yeah. Know? Kind of how you're thinking about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, particularly through tours and through shows, I've just, I've been exposed to so many amazing artists that are doing cool stuff in their part of the universe that I never kind of come across. Yeah. And so that really excites me. And that's kind of the thing I'm most invested in, like keeping up with. So for, for that, I think something like a pitchfork or, you know, any of these other outlets, I'm peripherally paying attention just sure. because sometimes something really cool that is somewhat accessible to me, like comes across my, yeah. my feed. I think of it as like, there's, you know, like if you live in a city and there's like a music scene, yeah. but I think of like, you know, with touring and kind of either regional or national or however it sort of fleshes out there being kind of a larger scene. And yeah. I, I know like scene can be like a word that's like a little funny, you yeah, know, yeah. like, like scene story <laughs> or something, but yeah. I think that it's an okay term and it's sort of 
it's really funny how small it can be. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, um, how quickly you can feel comfortable with someone maybe that you met mm-hmm. once a year and a half ago. Right. And then you like happen to be on the same bill. Like, Loop again, back you're around. Like, oh, this is like this We're is part my of friend. this thing yeah. together. Yeah, 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 it's really, it is kind of a, I don't know what the term is for like tour relationships or like yeah. band same airspace relationships that happen when it's right. like, oh, I see your name all the time and yeah. people love you and the same people who love you seem to like me and we have similar politics. So there's this like very deep connection, even having not really spent very much right. time with it's a lot so of funny. these folks. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And I think yeah, I um, love it. to be able to recognize that someone is creating into whatever like degree of success mm-hmm. financially or what you know right. like there's a whole other metric of like are you feeling su- like yeah. what you've done is like <laughs> fulfilling you but For like sure. someone who's able to continue to create mm-hmm. and sort of have support behind it yeah. is really it's really nice and like you know working at Arts Riot or doing yeah. Waking Windows like being able to see those people come through and I think a lot of it is at like a level where they're still appreciative of, yes. of it all. You know what I mean? It's still Very like much. a during your sound check yesterday you were you did like a line from a tune that was like that's a blessing to, to create. To make things, yeah. Yeah, make things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I yeah. think that it's that's so true. And you know, yeah. Maybe not everybody needs to make things that like go out into the world. Right. But like to like recognize that you can make stuff is a really like yeah. beautiful thing. You know, The act of it is really, really special. And, and that's probably a big part of where the camaraderie comes from is just knowing you also have gone through this process that can feel like hazing sometimes sure, yeah. <laughs> of like trying like, to oh, bring a thing into ringer. being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For um, sure. Beyond your music and beyond mm-hmm. the podcast, are there other yeah. areas in which you create and sort of that are maybe just for you or maybe for like a smaller audience sort of thing? Yeah. So I started writing poems when I got really scared. Like I basically, I hate flying a whole bunch. (laughs) It's like one of my worst fears. I always, I like have anti-anxiety meds. I have whole routine Mm -hmm. and it like never changes anything. And so I think maybe a few months ago, I was just like on a really turbulent flight and I was like, I just need to like try to put this into like focus this into words and maybe I can not think about what's actually yeah, happening. Like step outside physically. yourself for a second. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And I kind of did and wrote this thing and it felt really, I felt really good about it and um, have kind of come back to that when I'm feeling really, really anxious and not don't have the kind of creative momentum to write a song. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's another way that I can craft my words and and it's not a thing that I even feel like oh I need to post this or publicize this or whatever it really is truly like I just need to make myself be okay again and this is the way to do that yeah and then the other thing I would say is I don't know if this is a creative thing I'm working on my dissertation I kind of hate it (laughs) yeah I'm sure there's a creative nature to it yeah I feel like when I met you Um, when was that it was like a year and a half ago I think yeah because it would have been in Portland oh yeah yeah where were you at in the in the school in the process yeah I was working on my dissertation but I wasn't super focused on it so I I had like you know a chapter that was kind of garbage and like (laughs) some I loose ideas but this past year I like got my act together I started working with a writing coach and she like stayed on my butt so now like I'm definitely going to graduate this year which is exciting but yeah it hasn't been 
fun writing process. I would say this was not like working on an album or writing a poems or it just was like, I've since learned a little bit how to make it more like that experience, but I don't think it ever fully can be. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think one thing about school or like about going through a process like that is as like grueling as it can feel. Feel, it's yeah. almost like when you're done with it, and this is coming from someone who dropped out of college. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm, college I'm, is done. Like, <laughs> from the best place, but like in anything, like a job or like anything that like yeah. you have to put yourself through something that is not what you currently want to be doing. Right. It's like there's a power that comes from getting it done. Too, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it's like doing the dishes or something. For like that. sure. Like, exactly. Sucks, but like when it's done, you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. I think folks are like, oh, are you going to publish a book? I'm like, hell no. I'm not going <laughs> to publish. I, like, I'm going to be done with it. It's going to be a thing that I did and sure. I'll put it on my stickers and business cards and call it a day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you because you're talking about like writing like physically writing poetry when you're working on music Mm -hmm. is that like a physical writing process or is it sort of like a like like freestyle that gets like kind of edited and it depends I think like I kind of have two different approaches for thinking about lyrics. One is like I'm I'm a very in my feelings type of person. Mm-hmm. So something I might be driving or I might hear something and then suddenly my eyes get watery or suddenly my heart starts to beat faster and it's like, okay, what's happening right now? Sure. Why am I responding? Yeah. And then words will start to come to describe what I'm responding to. Yeah. But I would say half the time I approach it like super analytically where it's like, okay, I want to talk about racism in this country or something. How am I going to talk about that? What do I want to think about? Who do I want to kind of engage with this song? And so it's like, it's almost like approaching a paper, I guess, like thinking about audience and approach and kind of the the point that I want to make with it. And so once I have that structure, then it's like, okay, now I build the words around that. Yeah. That's that's like your entryway into a song and then like let the words kind of like craft themselves in that arena. Absolutely. And I, I definitely have like a, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Brian Eno, but somebody said that like limitations will set you free. Yeah. And so I try to maintain that in terms of having a very specific and simple song structure. So it's like, the first verse should address the thing in one way. The second verse addresses it in a second way. And there's no third verse. <laughs> nice. Like That's just how like all of my songs are. I don't think I've ever have written a third verse for anything. Yeah, and yeah. Just so I can, like, if I can keep it simple, then I can really distill, like, the heart of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I Thank love, you. <laughs> I love the idea of restraint. Like, yeah. Like putting sort of, yeah. like, working within a box. I, I, I feel like I've heard a couple of different, mm-hmm. like, iterations of that sentiment. Oh, wow. And I think it's so true. Like, because yeah. I used to have such anxiety around like not being able to, to do all the things yeah. on guitar you know like right. I was studying jazz in college and like there were these people that seemingly to me could do all of the stuff everything like uh, they're like <laughs> oh yeah I can do that yeah it's like oh I couldn't even do anything close to that right but then there was like you know when that concept I can't even remember like where it came from but like that concept of working within limits Mm -hmm. and like how creative a person can be within those limits and just sort of seeing people's work 
I love either like visual art yeah. or reading or whatever and just sort of seeing those limits. Yeah. And how people navigate them. Work it's so within beautiful. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I've I'm really inspired by like punk music in particular because it's like brevity is like the <laughs> the yeah. thing. It's just like a bit of dynamite for just a moment. Totally. You know, and I really like that. Like, okay, how much can we pack into like one minute and yeah. just go so hard and then yeah. it's done. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that there's something really beautiful about being able to craft a really long tail. Yeah, for with sure. Nuance and like, but I think that you're right. Like, there's something about that like powerful punch, and it's like you don't need to say anything else yeah. about it. Like, you yeah. sort of let it and you sort of give it to everybody. Yeah, and then let them sort of reckon with it. On Meditate, their own. digest, and, yeah, and keep it moving. Yeah, they're definitely different, different approaches. And I think to go to what you were saying with kind of figuring out your own journey as a musician that's something that I've had to learn over the past few years is like being comfortable with the space that I'm in and not being like salty over <laughs> like not ha not being in this lane or that sure, lane or yeah. this lane it's really hard with social media and with um you know even touring sometimes feeling like oh man you know like I'm not doing as well as this person or I don't you know yeah it's really hard to get out of that headspace and so yeah just it's been a, an exercise in trying to maintain that gratitude around sure. like this is the lane that, I, that I've chosen to be in and I want to do it to the best of my ability yeah, and yeah. be excited and grateful for the folks who are here for that. Yeah. It's hard to make yourself like reframe where you're at yeah. when there's, you know, these people that maybe you see on a regular basis yeah. that are doing something different or like are in a different lane. I, I like that mm -hmm. idea. Like yeah. it's just like a different path another you know? yeah <laughs> yeah and I think like being able to take a step back mm -hmm. is like that's a super hard thing to do very very yeah. very hard like and like when you're when yeah. you're in the midst of it absolutely how do you <laughs> this may be a funny question yeah and if the answer is like one way like you can always <laughs> edit it out but like how how are you finding your audience like mm -hmm. I, I feel like every time that I've seen you yeah. um you're like the audience is the the people that are there for you mm -hmm. or even like last year at Waking Windows uh, yeah. and the Rotary like people that maybe didn't know you or weren't there were yeah. just sort of taken in by it and yeah. I think like how are you finding that like your relationship with this audience that you're cultivating it's it's like so unreal and so beautiful. It's like weird. I mean, it's not weird. It makes sense that people's supporters or like fan bases reflect who they are as people. Yeah. And so I'm kind of discovering who I am through the people who like yeah, yeah. come to the shows. And and if they are a reflection of me, then I feel really good about myself yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of like very kind, very like openly emotional uh, yeah, yeah. folks. And one of the things that I, that I really appreciate about this space in particular, this scene sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's in this area is a kind of culture around curiosity or culture around being able to engage with things that you might not have heard of or have known about. Like so many people yesterday were like, oh, I didn't know you, but I heard you were coming. So I like listened to all your stuff in anticipation yeah. of the show. And that's remarkable. Like it, there's it's so crazy. few hours yeah. in a day. And for someone to be like, before I go to this, I want to have learned what this person is about. Like that's just, and then to, 
to even come at all is like right. really, and then to really take that special. next step of like right getting out and doing getting it. out coming and then speaking to me about yeah. it it's like there's so many layers at least for me as as the person that i am when i think about how much it takes to do each of those things it's right. really really special so yeah i love i love the folks who support me i feel like they're really good genuine like nice kind folks who are open to whatever it is that i share which is yeah. really really nice yeah i think there's something to be said for like when you open yourself up, yeah. then that sort of invites, this is maybe too metaphory, but like yeah. invites people in. Like when yeah. you open the door, like people can then come in and meet you For sure. where you've met them. Yeah, you know? it happens all the time, yeah. all the time. People just sharing and giving and being willing to, it's like it creates this ecosystem in musical terms that I never knew was possible when I was younger. I thought it was just like a very transactional, that music was sort of, you yeah. know, I do the songs, you, you like, come to the shows, yeah, yeah. and then we call it a day. Yeah. But it really does feel like there's this ecosystem where of like, <laughs> this might sound super hippy-dippy, but like love and energy like really going around sure. through each other. Well, I think that like the social media element or like whatever like ills have developed yeah. out of that, there's also some of that like, a, yeah. a possibility of connecting a yeah, little bit more you know sure. just because someone knows maybe what you ate this morning doesn't necessarily <laughs> like mean you're connecting deeply <laughs> but it gives the opportunity to like sort of create a, a meaningful understanding maybe yeah. or like kind of a fuller picture a yeah. little bit you yeah. know I know that some of that is very curated but I think like mm -hmm having like that community and I'm I'm pretty blown away about the size of Burlington mm -hmm. and the number of people that coming out to live music does seem to mm -hmm. be part of like our culture a little bit yeah, you know it's I like, feel that very yeah, much yeah in, instead of like going out to a bar maybe on a Friday mm -hmm. night there's the concept of like going out to a show to the show yeah. right and that has to just from my experience of touring and I'm sure you you also have experience with this like I recognize that that is not how it is in most places that you know a lot of folks who put on shows have to work very very hard yeah. to like and not to say that you all don't work hard yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. but that it's like you know I've done shows in in certain cities where the the person who's putting it together is like I've tried my hardest and you know unless unless you're like you know young thug or like Beyonce yeah. like folks are they're just skeptical or they would rather spend their $10 on a beer than $10 on a ticket yep, and so totally. it's, it's so hard to build that infrastructure so I'm really excited that that's here yeah it's I feel super grateful for that yeah. element of it and I think you know when I moved here the the sort of shadow of fish was mm -hmm. so great oh, wow. you know there yeah. was like lots of <laughs> For better or worse. You right, know, like right. There was a lot of... All that comes with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it was really great in some ways. And then also it was really limiting in some ways. Yeah. Like some of like the rock shows that you would go to that where people were playing like two minute songs or something like that mm -hmm. would be a really tough sell or yeah. like any hip hop in town yeah. was like a really tough sell and the, like sort of noise music like mm -hmm. experimental kind of stuff but for whatever I, I'm not I'm not can't put my finger on why yeah. it is but like over the course of the last like 10 12 years this mm -hmm. the town has really opened up to incorporate yeah more uh, more styles of music and yeah. like the gym scene is certainly still here but it's fun to be like in a small city mm -hmm. that has that um, yeah that's kind of how Ithaca is I, I was part of an arts organization called Ithaca Underground mm -hmm. that also had this sort of mission of 
building up this culture around different kinds of music, hip hop noise mm -hmm. and stuff that is not always like easy and mellow to digest like stuff right. that art that's like complicated Challenges or ch right yeah. that's challenging or interesting innovative or from groups that don't necessarily have platforms that big yeah. so it's i love when i see kind of like a, a sister city or a place where that's happening there it reminds me of of home <laughs> yeah do you go back to Ithaca much i don't as much as i used to i mean i'm still i have to wrap up my dissertation right. so i go to i've gone to see my comedian to present a chapter and my family's there but i once i'm done with this stupid dissertation i'm definitely <laughs> gonna go back like just to hang and yeah. see folks and play around and it's really pretty in the summer so, yeah, yeah yeah totally and how are you liking philadelphia I love Philly so, yeah. so, so much. Yeah. It's like the perfect city for someone like me who yeah. has failed at living in New York City <laughs> countless times. <laughs> I just can't do it. Yeah. It's yeah. like way too much. And yeah. so, just way too much of everything. Yeah, yeah. And Philly, yeah, I like I like the folks that I know there. It's a like a really black city. It's really diverse. Yeah. Like there's really good food and um I love the neighborhood that I'm in. I'm in West Philly and I'm across from like a park and cool. and it's you know a pretty small city just even spatially which is nice for someone coming from like a little town yeah, <laughs> where yeah. oh I don't have to spend four hours in traffic totally. trying to do one thing yeah. like yeah. I can kind of get around pretty easily how long have you been there since 2017 we moved okay. um in the summer of 2017 and we didn't have like a particular like i didn't have a job or even really like a relationship with folks there mm -hmm. i just knew a bunch of cool artists i love lived in philly yeah, totally and then my fiance also didn't really have he was working on a book project so he could kind of be wherever right, right. um and we decided on philly because it's like close enough to new york that i I'm there frequently, but sure. I can go and leave immediately. <laughs> um, but also it has its own like amazing culture that I want to continue to be a part of. Yeah. Are you yeah. as, as like um, someone who feels introverted and, and mm -hmm. maybe not like going out every night to see music? How yeah. are you connecting with the, like the, the scene there at all or a little bit? Yeah. This, the various scenes that I've, been a part of or kind of witnessed it's a little weird in philly because there's this huge kind of stratification between house shows like super house shows somebody's basement living room yeah, yeah. you know a couple of friends will pay what we can to this band yeah versus like a 300 cap venue and right. there's not a whole bunch in the middle like these mid-range spaces seem to really struggle with trying to it's really hard to, yeah. to, to be like a 50 cap venue or yeah. a 100 cap venue you exactly know? i think that they're really important because you like you play the house show and then you play the 50 cap right. venue and, that, and like you're able sort of to build up yeah way. but i think that can be really hard in a yeah. city where someone who's appropriate for like a hundred cap room mm. for whatever reason that night, like there's another competing show at the right. 300 cap room and it's like, it just doesn't just work out night after night. And yeah. I think, uh, yeah. That's tough. That's yeah. That's kind of what I've, I've discovered. And the other thing that I think is really weird or interesting is that I always had assumed that Philly was just like a go-to spot on the East Coast but it's not necessarily like I've seen people's tour routing and like New York City's always on there. Sure. DC is often on there. Um, a lot of these places in, in the Northeast are on there but Philly doesn't always kind of make the cut and I think it's because it's so kind of unpredictable with sure. like yeah, where like are we going to perform, who's going to yeah. come, yeah. right? And you know like if you go to a city five times and every 
every time <laughs> the show's not great yeah. it's like okay well we're never doing that again yeah. so it's funny i think that we're like we're very lucky to be like on the basically like five minutes off the highway between yeah. montreal and boston and it's I like think, perfect uh, yeah i think we've like i think burlington is almost like wouldn't be what it is if yeah. it was like you know even like a little ways away or, or yeah, something but the geography matters yeah and i think like i, I talked to friends from portland mm-hmm. and they're enough kind of off of like the yeah. beaten path that sometimes they miss stuff but yeah. they've also been like you know putting they have a couple of cool people that are like putting on good stuff yeah. and yeah they they're definitely building yeah. stuff there yeah geography definitely is at, now that i'm like a touring artist, I yeah. think about it so much, just like where, how to get to places, like how to get pl- to places that make sense and to see all the folks who are, like I have a little spreadsheet where people can, or Google Doc, where people can put in like places they want me to come and oh, perform. Cool. Yeah. And I got the idea from this folk duo called the Double Clicks. And I keep seeing these same spots pop up that I know I cannot get to yeah. without like just flying out there. It's yeah. like, come to this little place in Iowa. And it's like, oh, how could I get there? And then yeah. actually like leave in a way that makes sense. In like a meaningful and, way. Right. And not just be like out there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's hard. I think um, you still do like opening slots for yeah, other artists and stuff. Were you sure. on tour with my Open Mike Eagle? Yeah, I was. Yeah. It was so good. I, I kind of like love being an opener. It's <laughs> It's Honestly, really nice. <laughs> I went out on tour with William Tyler in oh, February awesome. and I was like I like showed up to the gig. Just go. I didn't have to text everybody that I knew in Do the your city. Thing. Yeah. Like yeah, the heavy lifting is not yeah. on the opener, which is really nice. But then you also get the the kind of benefit of this new like supporter base yeah. of, of folks who are gonna be into you because you're with the person that they like know for real. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, maybe that will be the way that you, like, get to (laughs) Iowa. (laughs) I know, I know. I got to find who is, like, doing cool stuff and headed that way and just, like, hop on. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, ride the (laughs) coattail. Okay, I feel pretty good cool. about that. Is there anything? I I love to like find out what you're into right now, yeah. like whether it's podcast, music, or TV, sure. or whatever. Um, For sure. If you want to mention that. I actually forgot to mention that I just was hired as a postdoc at Brown, so I'm going to be leaving Philly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to Providence. Going to Providence, cool. Yeah, yeah. Have you played Providence before? I have, yeah. Uh, where have you played? The spot called AS220. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I went to college in Providence for like... Oh, wow a semester yeah but yeah. i used to go see this guy hal crook he was uh-huh. like this out trombone player that wow. was like really cool i think it was like he played every tuesday night or something That's like so that cool. yeah so as like a 18 year old stoner like, oh <laughs> my like, god I was able to go and like freak out to this that's dude so yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah yeah um that's cool that'll so, be fun that's what i'm kind of figuring out over the next couple of months is like getting that situated but in terms of what i'm into my friend chesky just dropped a new album c-e-s-c-h-i i have a feature on it but that's not why i'm plugging it <laughs> i'm plugging it because it's a really great album and he's he moves between hip-hop and folk and punk and just he's yeah. like all over the the spectrum and i really Would love he have it opened for milo at one of the shows are they do you know if they i think they do shows together okay. yeah I think for he might sure. have played here with milo one of the yeah. last times he played yeah he's phenomenal That's and awesome. then um i listened to this podcast 
called Should This Exist, where folks are kind of asking questions about different technologies and like trying to see, um, like really having authentic conversations about the ethical implications of certain things like, you know, face facial recognition software or an app that can provide therapy for you. Like, what do you think about those things? I think it's really interesting. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and my favorite murder. I listened to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my basis syndrome I work with suffer some shows. They love that show so yeah. much. And so they put me on. Honestly, I feel like listening to Karen and Georgia yeah. is just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like very comfortable. Yeah, it's like we're totally, ch- I like feel like I know them. I'm sure it's like super awkward for them all the time because people yeah. are just like, yeah, like we're besties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're like, does. you it don't know like, my life. Yeah, what if, that's the thing with podcasts. It's like right in your ears. Yeah. And you have such an intimate relationship with those people. Yeah. And that sort of like scares me a little bit about like yeah. posting interviews and sort of like having, <laughs> but I think it's okay and I, lo- I just love having these conversations yeah you know, for like, sure this isn't a conversation that you never like you have like at right. the show or like right. after a show or before a show you know it's like yeah. a nice way to sort of just talk with somebody you know yeah yeah some context totally. <laughs> well thank you so much thank you this so, is so much. great i'm great. really appreciative of it thank you i had a great time and i'll be back for sure yeah <laughs> okay cool great Bye. Bye.